Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. With with us always is me, Dylan Sanders at Dilly Sanders on Twitter. We got Bolson at WNS underscore Brandon on Twitter, and we have another guest with us this week. And go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, guys? It's Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report and Stick to Football. I uh, appreciate y'all having me. It's gonna be fun. We like to have fun over here. It's not all. It's not all serious business on our side. So we have uh, we have Connor on. Great to have you on, man. Awesome of you to come on. So we just have a couple questions um, that we'd love to get your perspective on. Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm ready to go. All right. So I don't think it's. Uh, very much of a surprise to anyone that, well, like a secret that you're a big Jets fan. So most of these are going to be Jets related. I mean, that's right up my alley, and I, I definitely I don't hide it that much. So uh, I think I think the people will be ready here. <laughs> okay, good, good. So just the first one. Um, what's the latest on the Jets GM search? Well, they concluded interviews, which is a good sign because this thing has dragged out long enough. But I, I think Chris Johnson made it abundantly clear from the beginning that this was not going to be a quick process because they had no need to rush. When you're the only buyer in the market, it makes things a little easier or at least a little less of a panic compared to the end of the season. And I think um, there's been a lot of positive things. Obviously, Joe Douglas is the front runner. That's no secret. I think I'm still believing of the belief and have been told that if he wants this job, it's his. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think when it comes down to it, the Jets can't be cheap here. It's it's not going to be cheap. It's probably going to be a deal that is in the you know four-year, $10 million total range, which Joe Douglas has earned. And that kind of deal will not only give him something like the power of the roster control, but more importantly, security beyond the head coach. And I think you know when you're Joe Douglas coming into a job, you're going to make it work with Adam Gase. And if it, if it didn't work, I think when it comes down to it, you'd like to have the power to hire your own head coach afterwards. So Security in the contract is very important here, and I think when you look at the GM search as a whole, a lot of people are questioning, well, what if it's not Joe Douglas? What if something you know, makes him pass up this kind of job? I think you look at Scott Fitterer from Seattle. He, he's been a co-director of player personnel there for a long time, and when you look at Fitterer, he worked with uh, actually the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, when he was a scout there, and, and Nagy was telling me that you know, Fitterer's great. He's somebody that kind of owns the draft room, which is very important, and He's well-respected in Seattle as a people person. He's somebody that has had a lot of GM interviews, and, and a lot of people believe he is ready. So I don't think you could sleep on him there. Champ Kelly with the Bears has done a phenomenal job on the pro side of things. I think in a dream world, the Jets would love to get Douglas as their GM and Kelly as their VP of personnel, which would be a promotion for him because he's a co-director right now in uh, Chicago and handles a lot of things like free agency evaluations, trades, advanced scouting everything on the pro side. And if you know about Douglas, he's a true college scouting kind of guy when it comes to running the draft room there in Philadelphia of player evaluations coming out of college and into the league. So it's interesting. And, and of course, they have Fontenot from the Saints. who There hasn't been a ton of buzz around him, so that would be a big surprise. But it, it, Joe Douglas, once again, is the favorite for this job. And I do expect them to have this wrapped up by the end of the week. It would be it would be very interesting if this thing carries on into next week. I don't think that's what Adam Gase wants. I don't think that's what Christopher Johnson wants. So we should have an, an official confirmation of who gets this job by the end of the week. Uh, yeah. So I I mean I I mean I'm a Saints fan. So obviously I heard about them going after uh 
Terry Fontenot, which honestly would not be a very bad uh, bad pickup at all. But I did I did hear that uh, Joe Douglas is probably going to get the job. I just think it's best that they get it wrapped up as soon as possible. <laughs> that that'd be the cleanest uh, the cleanest thing to happen. Yeah, I think when you look at it. I mean, more importantly, right now, there's not really a lot of things going on in the transaction wire, which has allowed them to be patient. May is a quiet time of that month. Rookie contracts are not very difficult to get done anymore, and they have salary cap people in the building. So you'd like a GM when cuts start to be made during training camp over the summer, and they'll have one. So that's the most important thing to note here. All right, Connor. So I know you're a big Sam Darnold fan. Uh, What are your expectations for him heading into his sophomore season? Well, I think expectations are pretty high right now, especially in a division where he'll be evaluated side-by-side with two other guys in his class that went in the top ten, and that's Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. And those guys had their highs and lows, much like Sam did his rookie year. And also he'll be evaluated alongside of somebody he'll see week two at MetLife, and that's Baker Mayfield, who uh, has grown even more popular over the last year than he already was. So when it comes down to it for Darnold, I think in Adam Gase's offense, he'll be set up for success. You have Le'Veon Bell there. I think a lot of people have forgotten how good Le'Veon Bell is. I think we've seen really enormous jumps from Robbie Anderson over the last two years. and I've heard nothing but amazing things in the offseason about Anderson's training at the facility, his, uh, his flashes at OTAs. and they, The biggest question here, I think, will be the offensive line. They hope Kelechi Osemele can get back to Pro Bowl form. They hope Jonathan Harrison can be you know, at least a stopgap at center or somebody that can be a solid center and uh, for the interior of that offensive line. So I think when you talk about just Sam uh, in a vacuum, it, it comes down to really just executing Adam Gase's offense, taking more chances down the field, which he did flash a lot last year, and taking care of the football. And uh, I think the way he finished those final, what, five or six games of the year was phenomenal. He was actually one of the better quarterbacks in football those last couple games just based on passer uh, passer rating and I believe efficiency might have been PFF that had that stat and you saw it on the field against the Texans against the Packers I mean he had some really really nice flashes so you hope he can carry that into next year and and, and cut back what were the rookie mistakes last year do you think he comes out of uh this season as the second best quarterback in the division oh I, I think he'll be the second best quarterback from that draft class honestly after this year, I do think Josh Rosen and Josh Allen have the potential to be, but I think Rosen just got beat up last year, and now he's thrown into a messy, messy situation in Miami where he has no help. I think Allen is is fascinating, but he's still extremely inconsistent. You love the raw ability, but in terms of a passer and decision-making, there was plenty of problems there last year considering how much good there was as well. I think Baker Mayfield will continue to be the best quarterback in this class, but there's no reason for Sam to not take a hold of that second spot. Once again, he has Le'Veon Bell there to lean on. He has Adam Gase, who is going to be his best friend right now and is in his ear nonstop. And, I mean, Darnold's been at the facility all offseason. I know he said he'll head back to California or the West Coast after uh, the final session of OTAs. But when you look at this for him, I mean, it's there for the taking. He has the help to be that guy. And I think it's going to be interesting. The first half of the schedule is really tough, but the second half is not. And, once again, I think we saw this is somebody that turned 22 years old this week. That's absolutely crazy when you take into account how young he is in terms of that draft class. So I think we're going to see a lot of positive steps this year. I'm still pissed that he's younger than me. I just want to point that one out real quick. That's <laughs> irritating. I haven't gotten to that point yet where, I mean, I have some of the NFL players are older than me. I'm starting to feel it. Uh, <laughs> it's not a great feeling. 
I'm, I mean, I'm only 21, so I have some time before it really hits me, I guess. Yeah, and it will. Uh, it'll happen very in the blink of an eye. So I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, all right, so we can move on from uh, from that, from someone in their ro- uh, sophomore season going to someone in their rookie season. How do you feel about Ja'Kai Polite going into the season? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be positive in terms of what he did at Florida on the field and where he's what he's asked to do with the Jets this year. I mean, he's going to be playing alongside Leonard Williams, Quinton Williams, and Henry Anderson, so he's going to get the one-on-one matchups that he needs to succeed. And I think they won't ask him to do too much, which is very important to note. And I know Ja'Kai had a really tough draft process, and I think he's been... He, let's get something straight here. Ja'Kai Polite's not a bad person. He's just a little immature, and I think... The staff believes in him. Greg Williams and Adam Gase especially believe in him. I know Adam Gase was a big believer in that draft pick. He wanted Ja'Kai Polite. He's, he, you know, he said he wasn't involved in the draft that much, but Adam Gase was very much a believer and a supporter of the Ja'Kai Polite pick. So once again, I don't see why Ja'Kai Polite can't come in and have six to eight sacks this year and be a true pass rush specialist that this team needs on the edge. Uh, yeah, I, I thought on film Ja'Kai Polite was a first-round talent without a doubt. Uh, I think before the Combine, I had him at, like, number 15 on the board or number 12, and just he just had a really rough process. But I think he's going to turn it around with the Jets, NFL coaching, and he's just going to dominate this year, I think, or for a rookie. Uh, Connor, I have a question from... I'm sure you've seen him on Twitter because I'm sure he's added you. Uh, Justin Rochette, he also writes for Whole Nine Sports, and... He wanted to know who your favorite Jet of all time is, and if it's not someone he agrees with, he uh, he said he's going to have a problem with you. It's Darrell Rivas, and it's not even close for me. I mean, that was always my guy. Uh, going back to Pitt, when I was a kid, I mean, me and my dad loved Darrell Rivas at Pitt. So when the Jets traded up for him, it was, uh, it was a special moment in the Rodgers household. As you know, we are big draft fans. We've always been big draft fans, and... And then it's like one of those things where you laugh because you love a player in college, your favorite team trades up to get him, and then he goes on to be, and I, I don't even care if this is if somebody thinks this is a bias, I think he's the greatest cover corner in NFL history. I mean, the 2009 and 2010 seasons, when you go back and look what he did in the modern modern NFL, it's a passing league against Calvin Johnson, you know, Andre Johnson, whoever, Reggie Wayne in the playoffs, and it's laughable how how dominant this guy was on an island in the defense that asked him to do nearly the impossible. I just, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. Sure. These guys come out and have one-off seasons that might be close, but that stretch of play was, uh, was the rarest thing I've ever seen at the position. And, And Revis was, uh, Revis was the ultimate, you know, work ethic guy in terms of preparation and studying guys and knowing every little tendency they had. And I think he, he's just, it's rare. It's rare. It really was. So he was, he was my favorite jet. Um, I mean, Curtis Marin, Wayne Corbett, those guys are always, you know, right in the mix there. I loved Lavernius Coles when I was a kid. I know it's like a funny random one, but um, Revis is to me the greatest jet of all time. And I actually don't think it's very close. I mean, Justin's favorite jet is probably Vernon Golston. Oof. <laughs> It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was Wayne Corbett, and uh, I thought you were going to pick Revis, because I remember you interviewed him a few months ago, right? Yeah, that was one of the cooler interviews I've ever done, and Revis is the man. I mean, Revis is a chill guy and very honest. I was, 
enjoy it so much when, you know, guys, it's easier when you're playing careers over, to be honest. Uh, but Rebus was, was honest. It was a great interview. He's great talking to him. He's just, he's a really, really nice guy. So that was, uh, it was a good one on Stick the Football for me. All right. So we have um, another one. So Jamal Adams, fantastic. Um, and I think everyone kind of saw it coming out of I expected this with him coming out of college but uh who do you think the better prospect was heading into their final season Grant Delpit or Jamal Adams well I think there's way more hype around Grant Delpit I mean I remember the Jamal Adams year he finished number two overall on my big board that year which is incredible for a safety and I mean we really didn't start because I was producing a draft show that year with Matt Miller Steven Nelson and Michael Felder here at Bleacher Report And, I mean, Matt was on Jamal a little earlier than most. I think it was week three of the college football season, maybe even week two. He really started hyping Jamal up. But over the summer, I don't remember that kind of hype for Jamal that Grant is getting right now. I mean, to put it in perspective for me, when I was down at LSU last year, you ask everybody there, Jacob Hester, who's an LSU legend there, I mean, they thought Grant Elpit was the best player on the team. And that player just had, that team just had Devin White go, what, you know, in the top five. So when it when it comes down to it, uh, for me, I, I think the hype around Delpit's been going on since halfway through his sophomore season. I watched him last summer when I was going through the LSU tape, and he popped as a freshman. I mean, the hype around Delpit's higher. I, I think uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished as high as Jamal did. On my, like I said, Jamal finished second overall on my board. Delpit's my number one overall player right now, although I don't really – I don't consider – June, like the first week of June, I don't consider them boards or rankings. You're getting to know all the players. You're getting a feel when you stack. Um, so, I mean, if, I think Delpit will be worthy of a top 10 pick by the season's end, but we got a lot of football left. But uh, the, hype is, the hype is much higher around Delpit than it was for Jamal going into their junior seasons. Man, hearing the name Jacob Hester always puts a, a smile on my face. Oh, Hester's the man. He's a great dude. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in Baton Rouge, so obviously I... Uh, I'm a big bad, I'm a big LSU guy. Yeah, it was our favorite, my my personal favorite stop last year. How I could mean, it we, not be? How yeah, could it had, not be? We had a be? blast. Uh, great people. The atmosphere was obviously electric when Georgia was down there. It helped that they won. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big uh, big Baton Rouge guy for a New Yorker. That's uh, it's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, speaking of the tailgate tour, uh, what's the stop you're looking forward to most this season? Oof, man. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll give you one NFL one and one college one because they're so different. I think when I, I mean, think when I look at, of course, I love the Jets one, but I mean, going to London that's... for Ram, for Rams Bengals is like that's you know it's a destination trip. And then I, I look at you know Madison, Wisconsin, for when Michigan comes into town. I, I've heard so many good things, and we have so many uh, good friends out there that it's gonna be. I mean, it's going to be awesome just to see all of them and, and hang out with them and obviously eat some good food and drink some really good beer. Yeah, y'all have a great list of, of stops this year. Yeah, it's, a, it's varied, which is the most important thing to me. I, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of Texas bias in there, thanks to my two co-hosts. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'll be, I mean, I haven't said it yet, but I'll probably be rooting for LSU when we're down in Texas. Let's go. Uh, even, though, even though we're supposed to root for the home teams when we do these tailgate tours, I'll be... I'll figure that one out as we go. We'll see. But um, it's, a, it's a fun t- – it's a really – it's a great trip. I mean, it's a special trip. The NFL games are, are amazing and really uh, electric. But the college games, there's so much culture in the college atmosphere. And, 
I think it's it's special that we get to kind of get a taste of everything. Yeah, that's uh, that's really awesome. Uh, it's I'm really jealous that y'all get to do this because I can barely make it out to LSU games. Uh, so it's it's awesome that y'all get, y'all get to go out to all of these. Um, so we do have one more question for you. This one's not really football related. It's something we just like to get from all of our guests. You know what my cleats, my cause is, right? Of course. So if you had to create some cleats for that, what would your cause be? Oh, I would do uh, the FDNY Foundation. My dad was a firefighter in New York City, and I think um, you know any support that the FDNY Foundation can get would be pretty awesome. And I think it's something that would be very close to home for me, and I, I think it would be really cool. Obviously, some of the designs you could do with the FDNY stuff on cleats would be pretty amazing. Beautiful. So, yeah, that would be that would be a big one for me. I'm a big fan when um, like Henrik Lundqvist does it on his mask for the Rangers, or you know when the baseball players always wear the FDNY or NYPD hats. So I think, uh, I mean, my dad, both my uncles, uh, firefighters. So it runs pretty deep in the family. So I think that'd be a special one for me. I knew you were going to pick FDNY because I remember you speaking about your family being firefighters. Uh, yeah, it would be. I think if I didn't pick them, I'd be in serious trouble at, on Thanksgiving. So uh, <laughs> it's it's the smart pick here. They'd take away yeah. a plate of food or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they would do that. I think they know better than that with me, but uh, they, <laughs> they might give me the cold shoulder for a couple minutes. Come on, that's bulking season, Dylan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I knew you were gonna pick FDNY, and I don't know if I ever said it, but my brother's actually a firefighter in New York. Oh, that's awesome! So, where is he? Yeah. Um, where does he work? He's in Flushing Meadows. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, um, it, it's a crazy. I mean, it's a crazy culture, but it's um, it's obviously awesome, and growing up in it was was definitely cool. Alrighty, well that uh, that about does it for th- everything we had to ask you. So um, thank you so much for coming on again, and uh, we'll ha- gladly have you back sometime. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Um, you know, obviously have a great summer and, and keep rocking with the show. Awesome, thank you. Have a great day, man. Later, guys. All right, so that was the Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report and the Stick to Football podcast interview. Uh, I want to thank him, thank him again for coming by uh, for that segment. So we, me and Bolson are still here. So we're going to go over the mailbag uh, for this for this week. It's only two questions, but I mean... <laughs> Alright, so I just saw your tweet. It made me laugh. I think it's the first time ever anybody's laughed at a tweet of mine. So <laughs> You're welcome. But before we go to the actual mailbag, I want to do sort of like an IRL mailbox. I work at a gym, and some lady at like 5 a.m., and it hand-delivered this note to us. Um, and it's the most, it's the most scared uh, I've ever been. Uh, so 5 wanna... a.m.? Yeah, 5 a.m. Jesus. Uh, so, so this is the to my gym's staff. The fraud uh, and intentional war on human bodies is pre-planned. The weapon is that the lying members is what the lying members want. I called I called Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Anheuser, CDC, FDA, and the registration registry of corpse. I don't know. And Senator Pelosi, Pelosi, uh, Warren pre-planned uh, the war on pre-planned genocide. Oh my God! 
I can't. She her handwriting is insane. Um, the pre pan the pre planned genocide is successful. So call this number. Ask for John at the Baptist Hotel. Don't sell any products that you don't make or grow yourself. From uh, I'll change the letter. Change the numbers on her on her email address. From Miss Peace Lady forty seven at gmail dot com. Did you just change the number from seventy four to forty seven? No, there's two completely different numbers, and there's actually three numbers. So, I mean, you can email Miss Peace Lady. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's not hand that out to people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that because I thought everyone needed to hear that because we have a big Coke machine, Coke like vending, not a vending machine, but like refrigerator. And she was mad at us for it. At a gym. It's a it's a it's it's just it's a freezer with like water, and like sports drinks and like protein shakes and stuff like that. But it's just like it has Coca Cola branding on it. So Powerade stuff like that isn't that yeah. made by uh, Coca Cola? Yeah, but it's like not all Coca Coca Cola products. It's just like a sure. Coca Cola fridge. She really handed that in at five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Psychopath. Um, it, it was attached with a note from the coworker that took it, uh, that said, uh, "Don't do it. Do yourself a favor and do not call this lady." I was like, "I don't. I'm not planning on it. I kind of want to talk to her, though. You know." No, I don't share your enthusiasm. Nope. <laughs> I just like she's so insane that I kind of want to have a conversation with her. You know? No, I dealt with my fair share of crazy people working retail, and I'm not. I'm not down to deal with more of it. I would not. I'm backing out of that one. All right, so we can go into our actual mail, but I just wanted to share that with people because I just thought Miss Peace Lady's uh, thoughts need to be shared. I guess. So the first question we actually have comes from at uh, Mike Spencer KKS on Twitter, and um, it says, "If you had two months to train, what would your forty time be?" But you're um, you're like an actual athlete. Okay. <laughs> you um, you were. Yeah, was <laughs> a still poor athlete. That's fair. For- I was I was a football player, not an athlete. That's how I made myself feel good about it. Um, I'd like to think I can get under like under a five one. Under a if five I can't one. if I can't, then I'd be very disappointed with myself. Oh, I mean, you're being nicer to yourself than I. I mean, I would, I would say probably like the most realistic answer I would give would be like. I got five four, five three. I mean, I'm not slow, but like, I don't know. I mean, like first thing that popped in my head was like, oh, I'm running like a four nine, <laughs> but that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, no, no shot. I don't think I'm cracking the under five mark. Under I, five. I think Rich Eisen is like, not, not a. I don't think it's too unrealistic. Didn't he run like a five? Uh, he ran a Eisen ran a five nine seven. All right, if I don't beat him, I'm never, <laughs> never ever running again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Two thousand. He's getting better every year. 
2005, he he ran a six seven seven. Maybe and yeah, may, I uh, I'd like to think maybe that that makes me think I'm running like a five five eight. <laughs> that changes my that changes my answer. I'm pretty sure in high school I ran like a five five. That's the only reason I think I can get to like five one if I actually train for it. Yeah, this, this is the thing. You have too much to train. I feel like Rich Eisen didn't put that much training time into it. I think if I have too much to train, I could get I could get myself to like a five five two. I I want to do this now. Four one nine. Tomorrow I'm running the forty, and I'm gonna I'm gonna update my time i mean you might have the opportunity to run a 40 uh in early 2020 just want to point that one out why um i mean can't really give away too much right now nothing's definite but uh yeah and uh so the next question that we have is i think the easiest question i've ever been asked in my entire life um and it comes from j underscore odiker 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 Otaker? I, I think Otaker. It, it's Jonathan. He he writes he's uh <laughs> he, he's gonna be writing for Whole Nine Sports also. He asks us what's better, a New York Slice or New Orleans Po Boy. It's obvious. Ob- it's like easy. It's it's your it's a gifted question. It's a New Orleans Po Boy. It's not even close. Here's where I'm gonna go with it. I've never had a New Orleans po' boy. Like, I've had po' boys from, like, places that claim to, like, Louisiana food up here. Um, but I am going to say that New York slices have been some of the best food I've ever eaten and some of the worst food I've ever eaten. So it's it's a high-risk, high-reward situation. You want to know... Um, I'm I'm gonna say po boys are probably more consistent from the ones po, that po I've boy had. is low risk high reward. I I don't know I can't tell you the that there okay so there's one thing that that I think can ruin a po boy and that's too much bread that's about it. I've had I've had most of the po boys I don't I don't know um if it's like a shrimp po boy and they don't have like some mayonnaise or something to like you're disgusting. Yeah, it's like a shrimp po' boy. They don't have any like mayonnaise or something to you know like to like moisten up the bread. It's not gonna be that great. Um, you gotta have something or like some some like I don't know some kind of sauce. You know, uh, I've I don't I don't know the last time I've had a po' boy and like I mean pizza's good because like the worst pizza is still pizza, so it's not that bad. Sparrow, <laughs> Little Caesars. They're cheap though, so I mean that's why Little Caesars gets a pass. Uh, can I just can I use my can I use this platform to say uh, I hate Domino's? That's all I want. Only if you, only if you defend your take. Um, it's the worst of. It's second worst of the popular pizza chains. Which one's the worst? Papa Murphy's. That's not a popular pizza chain. I've never heard of that in my life. Uh, they're, oh. <laughs> they're they're big they're big ish down here. It's okay. So this is what this is what Papa Murphy's is. You go, you get pizza, and uh, you make it's it's they pre made pizza that you make yourself. You have to go home and cook it, and it's not that good. 
you know, fuck that. This isn't DiGiorno. Are you kidding? Um, it's, no, it's funny because it's, yeah, it's literally, it's not delivery. I don't think they deliver because it's just frozen pizza. It's like a shop for frozen pizza. It's the worst. I was like, if I'm going, if I'm leaving my house to get pizza, I'm going to get one of like the $2 pizzas from Walmart. Like if, I, if I'm still going to cook it myself. It must be nice to have a Walmart nearby. I have um, I have two Walmarts within five minutes from my house. I'd have to drive like I'm gonna say an hour minimum to get to a Walmart. Um, oh, I okay. So uh, let me see. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look it up right now. There are so many Walmarts by me. I'm gonna look up Walmart. Yeah, I have within like 15 minutes. I can get to f- five di- five different six different Walmarts. And yeah, I don't I don't share the uh, convenience. Yeah, Walmart's. Uh, I hate Walmart, but it's so convenient. If I had a choice of shop, I'd go Wegmans, uh, because Wegmans is god tier, S tier, S tier store. Never heard of it. You've never heard of Wegmans? No. I, I mean, I used to live in Western New York, and they were all over the place. But I mean, that's Western New York, you know. Yeah, I imagine it's like Kroger in Ohio, where like someone wanted to fight me in Ohio because I didn't know what a Kroger was. Um, or like Publix down south, or like in Florida, you know. Yeah, basically, like I was at like a Taco Bell on like a Saturday night, and uh, we were fairly inebriated, and this guy—I forgot how the conversation started—but he said, "Where's your family's farm?" And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? So he asked me again, and I said, I'm from New York. I'm from New York City. Like, we don't have farms. And then he uh, he asked me, where's my family get our food then? Kroger? And I said, what's a Kroger? And he was so ready to just <laughs> fight me to the death right there. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of... There was a store um, that my one friend told me about it's like a 7-eleven type place uh but she freaked out because i didn't know what it was because i didn't know what a wawa was wawas are amazing because i mean isn't it just 7-eleven i mean basically yeah i just remember when i used to live in new jersey we lived right near one and their like sweet tea was so damn good <laughs> oh man, that's that's why you gotta go to Canes down here. It's the best. Um, all right. Well, I mean, all right, and that does it for uh, the mailbag question for this episode. So, I mean, thanks for listening, and once again, thank you, Connor, for uh, joining us, and we will see you all on Monday.